0: all right guys tomboy official welcome back today we're going to be talking a bit about money mindset for lgbtq plus people um how you doing hopefully you're doing good it is cold in here um had my heater set between sixty sixty seven sixty eight degrees or so, and I feel like that is actually still too cold, so I don't know slept okay, feel way better this morning than I did yesterday morning. uh, I guess the difference is potentially that yesterday was weed weed Wednesday, potentially that I smoked the bowl at like six something in the morning yesterday, maybe um potentially that I went to the gym in the late afternoon got in a really good workout it was slow but it was good i had some cardio warm up on a broken elliptical that helped me to uh at least have my um resistance and uh height of the leg strides higher than what i would normally do for myself um so because it was broken like i guess the first elliptical i went on kept making like this clicking this knocking sound every time on the right foot like i couldn't really feel anything but it was just annoying and i didn't have my headphones yesterday no earbuds no nothing so i couldn't block it out and i was like this is annoying i can't do this and so i switched over to the one um, i wanted one elliptical between me and the person on my right so there was only that clicking knocking one and then the one to my very left and that was the last one in the row i got onto that left one and it had like these settings it was like i think it said eight eight dot eight or maybe it was zeros i think it was eights though it was in, like, an error mode or it needed to be reset or something. So it basically, you couldn't adjust any resistance or any of the buttons uh, other than the time elapsed and um, uh, maybe, like, what it showed as far as, like, uh, the distance or speed or, you know, whatever so but yeah I couldn't adjust any of the resistance or anything so I just stayed on it because I was like I'm only doing like a five minute warm-up so I did the five minute warm-up and I felt pretty warmed up actually um versus what I would have done on my own I would have probably kept it a little like usually the, the strides I don't make them like as high I usually put high resistance but on lower strides, so maybe I'll do that again because it kept me from having to do squats, that's for sure, um, and I was kind of feeling it in my legs, so and it did something because i I felt it overnight um and I only took like half of the melatonin. I took like two and a half milligrams of melatonin and went and got some energy and focus neuro gum last night i did not know that at cvs they have the dollar off coupon sticker where you're supposed to take it off the product and scan it i don't get out much guys i did not know that that was like a thing um i th- i saw the stickers but i was like let me just take it home and take the sticker off i thought it was like a rebate code or something like i i didn't know i didn't know i I never knew you were supposed to take something off in the store. And the stickers on, they're so strong, it seems like it's supposed to stay on. But basically, there's a barcode on the back of the sticky part that you're supposed to scan, which I just didn't know you were supposed to take it off. So I've got three of them, and each of them had a $1 off, and I missed the $1 off at checkout because I didn't know that you were supposed to scan it. Once I got home, I took the stickers off thinking I was going to, you know, go on some website and type in some barcode or something. And, like, no, that's not the case. That's not how it works. So now I know um, that when I see those stickers, I can take them off in the store and scan it in the store and get my discount that way, uh, which I did not do. So I left $3 on the table. Uh and you guys can tell, I obviously don't go into stores and shop all that much. Like, I have avoided it for quite a few years, and the climate of things has allowed me to do so, and so I have avoided it. Um. And yeah, I'm feeling pretty good this morning. I had like a little tiny sip of C4, a couple pieces of NeuroGum. I wanted to switch it up from the coffee. Neurogum has caffeine, uh, B6 and B12 vitamins, and L-theanine. It doesn't have aspartame or any of the like fake sugars and things like that. Uh, it's about 80 milligrams of caffeine per piece of gum. I guess the issue I don't like is if you chew two pieces of gum, it's way too big. <laughs> um, uh, two pieces of gum together is like the biggest. Piece of gum, like it's too much gum in your mouth at the same time. Um, so there's that. Uh, let me see, what did I eat yesterday? I had a pretty big late breakfast. I call it, I'll call it brunch because it was actually probably closer to 10. Now, I did not sleep very good Wednesday night. Uh, I woke up. At like three something in the morning, I was up till like past seven or six or seven, because I think once I smoked a bowl at like six, I just knocked back out. So I didn't even record yesterday because I I passed the time. I, sl- I slept through it till like nine thirty. Um, I felt okay at nine thirty. Um, and for once, I was like the only one in the house at nine thirty uh so i used that opportunity to make some food so i didn't eat till like 10 i had like some eggs some i mixed some uh i sauteed some spinach with mushrooms and onions and a tomato from the garden and some toast with butter a little bit of kielbasa sausage like a piece of the turkey one uh just for more flavor and uh that's pretty much what I ate for breakfast. But it was late. It was probably like ten by the time I was eating. And I just kinda relaxed for a couple hours and then went out and did some deliveries and went to the gym. Uh got back around two thirty. Uh or actually I think yeah, I got back around three because I left the gym at two forty five ish. And then uh popped in some laundry after a shower, and I from Uber Eats, I got some free McDonald's because uh, I didn't really want McDonald's, actually, but I was like, well, I already have it, and it's free, and if I wait till the next day, that's probably not gonna, it's not gonna be the best of food to eat, so I ate that for, like, I guess it was like 3 o'clock, and then I ate for dinner, maybe around 7, 7.30, I had a bowl of, uh, like, beans, the beans from the day before, with some pieces of carrots, potatoes, I think a little bit of onion, it tastes like it's got, like, that little liquid smoke flavor, but there's no meat in it. So I just had a little bit of that because, you know, I know the burger was pretty heavy and I already had like a uh an organic um, vegetable protein shake after the gym. So I was like McDonald's is like countering all the work I did yesterday, but I was like, you know, it's a free meal. So let's just take it. I ate most of the Big Mac. uh Let's call it about half of the fries. I gave the other half of the fries to my mom, and then it came with a large Sprite, so I gave that to my mom, um, and yeah, it wasn't anything uh, too excitable, but um, I ate it, and that's kind of all I had yesterday, it wasn't really anything big, oh yeah, I had like this turkey stick, and I think a granola bar. Nah, I think just a turkey stick before I went to the gym. It was kind of like Slim Jim style, but like the large one. All right, so that that's kind of got me on track. I don't know about you guys. Um, yesterday, I was off track in the morning and did what I had to do to get myself on track. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't have another day like that I was like I you know that's just too much to be waking up at all these weird hours and stuff um I had to kind of get that fixed uh that's why I feel like all the exercise and things kind of helped and I wouldn't say I ate super healthy because of that Big Mac but I mean other than the Big Mac it was healthy and I didn't overdo it I didn't drink all that gigantic soda I didn't eat all the Big Mac and I didn't eat all the fries so I was decent. I ate like a decent caloric amount that's like, okay, this is about the size of like a normal meal. Because I think those meals are like over 2,000 calories each. It's at least 1,500 calories if you don't add the soda. Um, like a large fries and a and a Big Mac. Like they're like your full day's worth of calories already. And So I already knew that. So I was like, I'm not going to eat that much of it. Um, I ate enough to feel... Like, I ate enough food, and I had that protein shake before that, which was, like, let's call it, like, 150 calories or so. So, I didn't really eat all that much. Um, I tried to, like, be conscious of what I was doing, even though I was eating crappy food. Um, I probably would not have eaten that. Um, that was not my plan. Um, I have food at home. I would have come home and just cooked something. Um I have these... Uh, black beans by amy's um i could have eaten those just throw some stuff in it and make like a black bean chili that would have been easy and that's probably what i would have done um maybe add some rice i don't know but all right so let's talk about this topic um now that i've filled in my my day um the reason why i do that First is because it's hard for me to focus otherwise, and second, you know, like, I don't want, it, want people to think that my days are like, oh, everything's perfect all the time, but they're not crappy days all the time either, um, but just, you know, I can definitely tell, you know, when I'm, you know, my body and mind let me know when I'm kind of on a good track of choices, and then when I'm not for quite a few days, uh, it becomes pretty apparent um so yeah I would say when you think about money mindset you really have to think about all the other stuff too I mean the last few days I've been uh posting about you know health and wellness and things like that like um it's really going to be hard to get your focus up it's going to be hard to keep motivated it's going to be hard to follow through if you're not you know, in a healthy mindset. Um, You know, if you're going to be down on yourself and negative and your head's everywhere and you're foggy and, you know, you're overwhelmed and you're stressed and you can't concentrate, I mean, you're not really, you can get somewhere like that, but it's really just going to be like pulling teeth. It's it's really not going to be as smooth as it could be as far as how you spend your energy. So, one of the best things is try to get your energy in a place where you can tolerate disappointment, tedious things, um, uh, you know, just the need to kind of multitask. I'll give you an example. Um, you guys know I'm working on this Shopify store again, and um, I'm in the process of, you know, setting up a TikTok shop Now, what the TikTok shop does is people can see the items on TikTok. So, when I run like reels on on TikTok or whatever they're called, like uh, just like clips on TikTok, if people like what they see, they can click and it will take them to a buy now page that's actually through the Shopify store. It goes, connects to Shopify, and they can go to the product and purchase that way. Um now the th- the benefit of that is you I mean TikTok has its own form of content. For the most part, I would say most people use TikTok on their phone, right? Uh it's kind of built for the phone for the most part. Um so you kind of have to think about, you know, the user experience um but you know posting to tiktok you know having like a store making content all this kind of stuff it takes a lot of effort and there's always going to be the back and forth with these platforms like i get frustrated with it just like anybody else you have to do this one thing and then oh you got to find this qr code and then but you can't find the qr code or it doesn't work And then you got to find some other route and you got to watch some video to figure out how to solve that error message or whatever. And then you get kicked out of your account because you're doing something that TikTok is like, you're not allowed to do that. And then they ban you for like three days and you're like, oh my goodness. Like that's the kind of stuff that you deal with when you're trying to do something with like an online store. Like you're just trying to make money and there's all these like situations just popping up. You know it's not that's one reason why it's not that easy like in theory it's like okay just like back in the day remember when you used to just post something on ebay and it would just work and people would just buy it or I, I used to post stuff on craigslist and people would just buy it like it wasn't a big deal the post took like not even five minutes to set it up you weren't paying anything out of pocket you know like you weren't getting charged any fees they weren't telling you oh an extra buck or two buck ninety nine to to you know promote this, you know, and then you're losing more money. Like you're not losing like four or five dollars every time you're selling something. Like, but now that's how it is. Every platform is trying to gouge you, at least for a little bit. Uh think of how much money they make. You know, they make like one to four or five dollars minimum per sale now whereas before like the money was mostly yours and if you think about it you're losing money you know you got all these fees on top of taxes you have to pay don't forget guys if you are selling stuff online you will you will have to pay taxes on it if you make past a certain amount of money and that sucks but i guess what i'm trying to say is you know you don't usually think that um, you know, if you're trying to run an online business or start an online gig, you know usually a lot of people don't think it's gonna work um they usually uh fall out fall off of it pretty early um but ask yourself how how long are you willing to try at something before you start making money? The way I see it is you know. Like people say, like the school of life, you know, and it's true, you know, think about school in general, you know, in the U.S., most of us go to school at least from kindergarten to 12th grade Um, when we're in school, and we're like doing it, and we're like actually trying to finish, um, and, you know, if you don't finish, you can still get your GED, meaning that you finish the coursework on your or or you finished at least testing out of, you know, subjects and topics that you would have needed to know uh, for, you know, high school. Um, and so you get that, you know, qualification. And now you can say that you've finished the high school portion. Now, in a lot of places, you can just go after high school and just get work. Um, a lot of people do. They go to high school, they get work, and then you might be able to move up. Uh, you might have an apprenticeship. You might have something like some kind of a trade. Um, those are kind of faster routes straight into work, right? Compared to if you take the college route, whether that's community college or university, you've got another, uh, you know, four or so years if you're trying to get a bachelor's. Maybe one to two years if you're getting an associate's. But the reason why I'm mentioning that is think about how long you spend in school, you know, and you're not usually there to get paid. You're usually there to learn right now. if you translate that into your professional life, like are you learning skills, you know, like even if you are between jobs, like how are you spending that time? Are you just like throwing applications to the wind or are you actually like learning something, you know? developing skills and, you know, maybe getting a certification or, you know, doing something to improve your situation. Uh, And that's what I would recommend. You know, right now, this digital world is, it's like something we've never seen before. Like, and I notice it because I'm online all the freaking time. Like, I I can kind of take a step back and see the potential of the online world and the reason why i'm saying it now in the month of november is because we live in a very consumeristic society we're about to come into you know whatever you want to call these months in these days you know you know there's the more wholesome side of indigenous heritage month and indigenous indigenous day and all these other you know historical aspects of a lot of stuff that you know who whichever angle you're you're coming at it from it's gonna be hard to kind of ignore the consumeristic society around you like around Halloween, I was driving around my neighborhood and the mall had those big bows like the mall has these big like concrete or stone like signs like near a lot of the, the entrances to the parking, and on top of those big tall, um, pieces of stone or concrete, they put big gigantic bows, they're probably like, like, more than like a yard wide, like they're really, not a yard, like a, like, like a yardstick, not like a yard, like a person's physical yard at their house. But they're pretty big. And, um, uh, basically those huge, huge signs are, you know, it's like, this wasn't even, it wasn't even November yet. And there was already stuff representing Christmas that was up. And I mean... I'm pretty sure you've already started seeing, you know, you know emails coming to you, you know, pop-ups all over every platform. Oh, Black Friday, you know, and Cyber Monday and all these sales are coming up. Um if you started trying now, do you think it's possible to make no money? And if you make no money and you invested no money, like what have you really lost? You've gained a lot of skills basically. But if you're going to make any money on any kind of online platform where you're selling anything, uh, this is the time of year to do it. You know, start early. If you need inventory, now's the time to get it. Um, shipping is only going to get worse. Post office, you know, waits in the line are only going to get worse. Uh, it's only going to get worse, guys. So... um yeah, and this this is something that a lot of people don't talk about though, because a lot of people, I'm not I'm not knocking people who want to get, you know, monetized on YouTube or, you know, doing something where they're, um, you know, making money online through YouTube. Some routes do take a little bit longer. Um. shopify store route can take a little bit longer than something like ebay um i would say um the benefit of shopify is you can kind of promote things more within a niche Uh, you can kind of do that with ebay too but it i don't know how well it converts if you're you know, creating ads and things and then trying to connect it to, like, an eBay store. Um, But people might... I mean, I, th- I think it could work, honestly. I just... Most people don't do it that way. Most people would rather kind of have their own store. But we've talked about the downside of having a, a Shopify store. Um, one of the downsides of it is that you... Um have to pay <laughs> it's not free um you have to have a domain name if you don't want to use a dot shopify and it I don't really know that many people who would recommend using uh no domain name um you can even get a cheap a cheap one that might be crappy um as long as it kind of matches your your niche uh but i mean I guess it technically doesn't even have to match your niche like but um, you know cold traffic isn't really gonna gravitate too well towards something that you know the keywords aren't really matching so it does help to have the at least some kind of keyword relevance to your domain name Um, but when it comes to the mindset of things I mean you got to pay attention to what you're telling yourself you know um and a lot of times it's hard you know when you look around you're like I don't see anybody else who looks like me doing this now the thing is about online stores and these types of things is that a lot of times it's kind of like a silent kind of uh kind of selling like you're you don't usually have a brand behind it you might if it's like specifically like an lgbt relevant kind of brand but you don't usually have like some kind of like lgbt element unless you're selling like you know like trans tape or some kind of like boxers or you know pride flags or some kind of rainbow kind of swag or you know something that's like somebody would look at it and be like oh this is like a type of an LGBT relevant niche like a lot of times you're not gonna find stuff like that um, there can be LGBT people all over the place with online stores and you would never know um, and so you know and it doesn't have to be you know an LGBT relevant kind of niche um, it can be anything whatever you know is probably gonna be one of the easiest things to sell um, the easiest niches to sell in because you kind of know um and understand firsthand you know the pain points that people have um I mean when it comes to you know online selling and things like that I definitely understand that and I don't know if online selling is any easier than in-person selling that's something I have not really yet determined um it's easier to, somewhat to get traffic online but also if you live in like a busy city you know yard sales nowadays garage sales that's really popular and people are on the hunt to shop they want to find stuff to buy so you might actually be able to find ways to sell stuff um pretty easily um I've seen a lot of people seem like they're doing some kind of cleaning. I've seen a lot of, uh, couches, benches, uh, chairs, old tables, stuff like that. It's like, it looks like it's in decent condition. A lot of it's like old, but you know, if you're in, in a niche where you're like fixing up furniture, there's plenty of free furniture curbside that I've seen just driving around. And I've started seeing it lately this month in November. Um, now, the rainy season in our area is going to start soon. It's going to start sometime like late next week. um, Or maybe it's just one bout of rain. I don't really know. But um, it's probably going to start next week. And so, you know, things are going to start changing with the weather. I mean, you can even think of things that are very, very seasonal, like weather-related, you know, items. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you can really think about. And um, like whether it's products or um, or services, um, I'm kind of more into the combination. Um, I've got services to sell because I write a lot and anyone who knows me you know I write a lot. If I'm texting you too much apologies but you know i write that's what i do i i come on here and i rant and i you know just kind of ramble but um mostly i write that's mostly what i do um and um you can promote you know your work on fiverr on upwork i know they have bad reputations but you have to put yourself out there a bit um you have to promote your own your own services. Um, and you know, if you have a reputation or some kind of portfolio to show for it, you'll probably be pretty well off, um, with trying to do that. Um, it's, it's not too, uh, Um, it's not too, like, I would say it's not too easy to really, um, get started in something where you're starting it yourself. Like, when you're starting your own job, um... But you guys, this digital land is full of opportunity for you to start your own job. I'm not talking about, you know, the fake gurus and all the like, get rich quick kind of like, you know, you guys know that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the do no work and wake up with like $8 million in your bank account. Like, I'm talking about, you know, building skills, actually spending the time and effort like you would in school. But it's faster because you don't have to sit through someone else's, you know, theory of this and like take like years and years of like all these classes from back in, you know, like I'm not saying theory is not important, but skills are important. And a lot of times in school, you're not practicing the actual direct skills. You're practicing writing about how people did it. Let's write about the theory. Let's write a book report. Let's write um, a lit review on, you know. Past research that other people did. And it's like, cool. Like, if you're in the research field, that's fine. But when you think of it in school, you're usually writing lit reviews. You're usually writing about what other people wrote and what you read about what they wrote. And then you're writing about it. That's mostly what every class paper is. You pick a topic. Who knows what your topic is? The history of how we use. Paper notebooks now. I don't know. Maybe we don't even use paper notebooks anymore. I don't even know. I haven't been in school for a bit. Uh, Maybe people just type everything now on laptops or tablets. I really don't know what happens in the classroom. It's been a bit, guys. But let's call it how we went into how we got to digital notebooks from, you know, writing on tablets of stone and going into scrolls into bound books, into diaries, into, you know, the classic like spiral bound notebooks and things that we use and standardized paper uh, lining and all that. I don't know. Like, maybe you have to write a a paper about that. That would suck. That sounds like the worst topic ever. But if you think about it, you're basically pulling sources from history from other literature like oh this is what this author wrote about you know the art of creating a notebook or whatever and you're just like going through the history and writing up until now you know what does it look like now um that's basically how all your papers look though right there's like some topic and you're writing about it most people know how to write a paper um but if you think about it You do that in every single class, almost every single class, right? You have to write a paper that's kind of that style multiple times a a term. And then you take exams that are usually, there's usually a few styles of exams, right? You can do something lab style where you're like looking at like a dissected frog or like looking at some kind of chemical interactions or looking under a microscope or you know, examining something and like labeling it or doing like an oral presentation or again, another paper, um, some kind of PowerPoint presentation. Uh, That's all you really do in school. You know, you take exams, you write papers and you present and then you sit in the classroom all the time and you learn and then you take stuff home and you do assignments and you turn them in you know, answering questions basically that's in the book. That's there aren't that many categories of things you usually do in school. Right. There are like the other types of things, like if you're in the sports or if you're into like something kind of more like wood shop class or welding or, you know, some kind of sports class. Like yeah, your tests and, and things are gonna look a little bit different. But most classes, you're doing those categories. There's just categories of things you do. And you don't do any more than that ever, ever, you know, unless you have one of these like schools or teachers where they're like super like artistic and creative and you're doing some introspective thing. But that's that's super, super rare. You're usually doing one of a few types of options of either assignments, homework, presentations or exams right you do it for years and years and years and years and you get good at doing that and then you apply for jobs and you're like but i did all these papers and presentations and so unless you're going into like an academia field or like a tutoring field or something like that usually what happens when you come out of school Is you know how to do things within these categories. I know how to do homework. I know how to write papers. I know how to, you know, take different types of exams. I know how to do different types of presentations. But do I know how to do this freaking job? And so you go to apply to the jobs, and they're like, well, you don't have any experience actually doing this. Like, if you've tried to go into a field that's like, you know, car mechanics or, you know, like computer repair, like the physical, like hardware part of it, or like some kind of like instrument building or instrument instrument repair for like guitars or whatever, like you probably learned some hands-on skills. Hopefully you didn't just read a book and do some homework on it, right? Like you, you would have done some skills, but when you think about a lot of other fields like cybersecurity, fields like even the field of psychology um feels like um different engineering fields um, uh, fields like nursing I mean I feel like nursing is a little different because they do fast track you and you do learn a lot more hands-on like In the field like you're shadowing and you're in clinics and hospitals and you're actually like following along in person but most schooling doesn't look like that most schooling is very book and paper and presentation based and then you apply to a job and they're like but all you know is the theory and what you do in these different categories in school you don't know how to do the job like if I were applying for a job as a case manager and all I did was take a bunch of psychology classes never practiced anything I don't know where to look. I don't know the resources to look for resources. I don't know how to talk to clients. I've never practiced or even done mock therapy or mock treatment or any kind of mock anything. You know, I would not know how to do the job. I would have to literally sit in the job and have somebody train me to do it. And a lot of companies don't want to train you to do it. They want you to have experience actually doing the skills. So one thing that I think people need to learn when they're in school is you need to start building some kind of a a portfolio or some type of work into what you actually need to do. For example, if you were going into psychology, you could volunteer for this site called Seven Cups. It's basically a site where people can get like peer support. um, And basically you would be doing a form of of therapeutic intervention It's a very like casual form and you would basically just be supporting people, like helping them with their mindset, things like that through a text-based service. It's free to you other than your time. And at least you've provided some form of therapeutic intervention versus just reading a book about Freud or whatever. It's like, you don't know how to do the job. Like you've never practiced it. You've never practiced that actual job. And, you know there's just that big disconnect between school and actual work. Uh, And once you've been working, you kind of realize all the stuff that you never learned in school. Like you learned all this theory and I'm not saying that's not important. Like it is important, but usually what employers want is for you to be able to do the skills and you can learn skills to jobs on your own. It just depends what field you're in. If they're going to like accept you as like, you know, credible, you know, um, and there are a lot of fields, like, with digital marketing, with blogging, um, with, uh, writing ads, writing email, you know, you know, email content, uh, writing content for people's YouTube channels, uh, not, well, scripts maybe, but even just writing, like, the descriptions, uh, that can be a little boring, but you can do that, um, you know writing descriptions for people's podcast episodes um there's all types of things you can do that are writing based and most people in school i'm not saying everybody's skilled at writing but most of the time in school you're writing all the freaking time anyways if you're not reading you're writing right that's how school works you're reading and you're writing most of the time um or you're listening to lectures like th- that's what you spend the majority of your time doing and on occasion, you'll be talking if you have to give, like, a presentation or, like, contribute in the classroom. So, you know, I think when it comes to money mindset, of people, especially with LGBT people, first of all, if you're doing stuff online, you're not really going to see a lot of people that look like you all the time. Unless they're behind a the camera, um, you're usually not going to see people. Like, there are plenty of LGBT content creators And a lot of times, too, their content gets kind of banned or not promoted. And so there are even less that are being that you have like exposure to. Um, So it's hard to really see people that look like you in a space and be like, oh, they're doing a lot. But I got to say, you know, I was pretty surprised. I, I said I would talk about this a little bit and I never got back to it, but I was pretty surprised with the spotify for podcasters panel discussions um they kind of had these panel discussions where they at where they had some podcasters sending questions that they would answer live um and then you could go back and listen to it and they have it archived as well um for the spotify for podcasters a lot of them are based in like i think la or new york there are actually a lot of lgbt people on the platform um that are in charge these are the people in charge of the content creation of Spotify for podcasters there's a big LGBT presence there you would never know that just going into Spotify and listening to podcasts this one or other people's podcasts you would never know that just by it being there you would never know that um but once you start listening to the people that they're promoting I think the majority of the people were LGBT on that platform that I listened to in the last uh, episode that they put out. And that's what I mean when I say you you don't usually see people that look like you because they're behind the computer. You know, they're writing these websites. They are making these websites. They're making the content. And if they're not talking specifically about an LGBT topic or contributing directly to the community as in like verbally stating oh I'm contributing to the community you know you wouldn't know and you know even in if you even take a step back like if you look back at BuzzFeed remember BuzzFeed like um let's call it like six five years ago or so five six years ago BuzzFeed was uh like trying to take over youtube basically like they had so much content out there and after a while you started seeing there's a lot of lgbt content creators a lot of people who moved to la uh la has a lot of lgbt people and you know uh there's a lot of lgbt content creators there's tons of them um you might not see them all Uh, but they're around. They're like hidden in all the little nooks and crannies and corners of the internet. Um, But just because they don't create specific LGBT content doesn't mean that they're not there. Just because they don't talk about it doesn't mean that they're not there. And, you know, from what I've noticed, there is a very high percentage of people that are LGBT that are working in digital marketing types of positions, um, working behind the scenes for a lot of these companies. Um, and one benefit to jobs like that, or more than one benefit, is you're working remotely. You don't have to deal with the whole, like, you know, uh, stress of the dress code that, you know, most, uh, mainstream companies want you to focus on. You know, you're not going to be, like, bogged down with somebody being like, oh, you have to wear, you know, um... I don't know what. Um, like, what do people wear? Like, ties or dresses or whatever. Um, like, certain types of shoes, like dress shoes or whatever. Nobody's telling you what to wear when you're working remotely. Um, but I would want to encourage people. You know, if you're if you're having trouble finding work or direction of work to go in start this season you know trying to do some stuff online learning about it seeing how you can make money doing it i mean it doesn't have to be even lgbt based if you're not comfortable with it or even if you are comfortable with it you know it doesn't have to be based in like lgbt lifestyle um I gotta turn off this fan now. Uh, this heater, I'm like literally melting. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be based in in that, you know. Um, I need I need a second. I gotta turn this thing off. All right. Man. The house is 67 degrees right now. <laughs> I mean, out here that's cold, guys. Like our houses aren't built in LA for um for very cold weather. Like I don't feel like the insulation is proper all the time. Like I've mentioned my windows and my and and most of the house when you're sitting next to a window, you can hear um i mean when you're sitting next to a window, you can feel the the cold air <laughs> um, it's you know it's that time of year again. um I gotta get in some final beach days uh this week uh and next early next week. But think about it, guys. Think about it. If you're trying to look for extra money, extra ways to make money, what better extra way to make money than to learn how to do it digitally from your own home? You know, if you can get good at selling stuff online, whether that's your your own services or your own, you know, like some kind of products, um, if you can get good at that. You'll always be able to make money on your own nobody's ever gonna put a cap on your income nobody's ever gonna tell you you know how much you can or cannot make um you're not gonna be working working for hourly wages you can get customers you know put in the work i mean most people for blog posts it's not uncommon to be getting paid thirty dollars an hour uh 30 to 40 dollars an hour or like maybe about 30 to 40 dollars per thousand words that's not uncommon that's decent money now that's like before taxes and everything but that's decent money and if it takes you even two hours to write one article you're still getting like 20 dollars an hour you know and that's pretty standard you know um and if you're writing within a niche that you already know you know, you'll be able to write quite a bit of topics. Um, you'll be able to write quite a bit. And with the use of AI, now I'm not saying just like use AI to write your blog posts. A lot of companies are, you know, cracking down on that. Um, and I guess if you wanted to follow someone who's got really good content, Tyson4D, I may have talked about him before. He's really good. Um, there's a guy who came out from his um from his uh content his name is Kevin Wagner so Kevin Wagner I don't know if you pronounce his name Wagner or Wagner but Kevin Wagner is um a, a previous student of Tyson 4D's uh Tyson 4D was I think he first started gaining his skills through Andrew Tate's Hustler University or whatever the other one that he had uh the the kind of like skill building skill learning uh service uh for copywriting and he basically tweaked it and made it better and post content almost every day very good um content and I think people underestimate, you know, the use of skills, you know, because um, we're not taught that in school. We're not taught, okay, how can I market a skill? What they need to teach you in school is basically, okay, you learn how to do this. How do you market it and like use it and make money? Like that's what they need to teach you in schools how to make money, you know, you know, but most of the time you need to be able to pass standardized testing and learn all these types of skills and stuff. That's more what they're focused on. Um, they're, they're focused on, you know, you learning school skills. They're not focused on you w- learning work skills. And I would encourage people, you know, go and in, get into spaces where you're learning actual work skills because that's what school is lacking. Like a lot of programs, until you're in grad school, a lot of times you're not actually learning what you need to actually do on the job. Or until you're like way later in your career. And tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Like how many times have you sat in a class and learned more than the other things that I actually said? It's rare. If any. If anything, it's rare. Like I had a teacher once uh, who taught us certain skills. Um, Let me see. Um, I've had teachers that taught us like a little bit of alternative skills you know and it's rare like I I'm I know I've had them but I can't even think of a lot off the top of my head but most of the time you're really just writing papers doing homework doing in-class assignments um it's up to you to kind of take it home and take it to another level um like I think I learned that I knew how to make something that was quote unquote like marketable when we had to do class projects. Now, not the group projects. I hated those so much. I mean, the projects where you sit at home and you make something uh, and you come to class and you show off what you made and it's like maybe like a replica or some kind of science fair project or some kind of like physical thing that you do you know, I kind of learned what teachers would want. Like, I remember once I had this, uh this class where we had to write and we did a ri- a lot of writing, a lot of, uh you know, papers and stuff. And I remember I was like, this is just so, not that I didn't want to write. It's just like, we had to write such long papers. And I was like, I like doing poetry. And I remember, we had to do something about like writing like what are we good at what are what do we have like a passion towards and at the time i was like really into like writing music writing poetry and the professor actually let me wrote write a poem for class this was like in college instead of writing like a however many like lengthy page let's call it like 15 to 10 to 15 pages back then it was like an upper division class and you know i wrote a poem like a one-page poem And I think this was a poem I'd actually written in high school. And I basically put like an extra verse at the end of it or something. And I submitted this poem. And it's like stuff like that where you're like, this is an English teacher. She's going to be interested in this, you know, like, and I got permission to do it before. She's like, why don't you write a poem? Because I can can tell that's what you like writing. And so she let me submit that. And I was like, how many times are you going to get away with being the one student that writes some other thing? you know and I remember making things for class like we had bible class we had to do a project and I I made this whole little like replica of this little like house that had the upper room because it was like the last supper replica because that was my topic and I made a whole little like open roof like where you could see like the little table and the 12 disciples and the little staircase that goes up and the little sheep and stuff like all around and like I made like this whole like thing everyone else wrote papers and I I made this physical building <laughs> like a small little physical building and things like that and like of course I was clearing the stuff with teachers I wasn't just like rogue just like making weird projects but I kind of learned early on that I was like you know there is an alternative way to kind of getting things done and learning how to do stuff like I learned how to do a lot of weird like arts and crafts and kind of little skills just because I chose to do projects that weren't just writing papers all the time it's like okay I know how to write a freaking paper like we do it all the time like do I need to really be doing this like every day all the time you know um if you think of how many papers you write it's kind of ridiculous and if you think of work how how many times at work do you write a paper like tell me I mean like we in psychology of course we wrote like tons and tons of assessments but none of it was like papers it was all the only thing that was written like a paper was when you did like maybe like a like your clinical formulation was maybe similar to like a a summary like a clinical summary that's kind of the closest thing I can think of. And we did a lot of presentations that were very similar to kind of what we would have done in class, but it was specifically about clients. Um But as far as actual just writing papers, you don't really do that. Depending on your job, like you you usually aren't gonna write that many papers in work like usually you're not, you know, like most jobs, you're not going to be writing papers the same way you do at school. And so you really do need to need to these days, you know, learn skills that are actually going to transfer into work and practice them. And you can practice them even when you're in high school, even when you're in early college phases, even when you're in a phase where you're looking for a job, you can learn skills to practice and actually start making money doing that without having to, rely on, you know, uh, working in a mall store or working at a grocery store or working, you know, for other stores where you're just like, you know, you're the manual labor, which is fine. You know, you're, you're part of the wheel that keeps the, the company turning, but, you know, um those skills are transferable too i'm not gonna say that like working at fast food isn't isn't transferable like you learn you're learning a business if you if you really focus on it properly you're learning a business if you're not just like okay like i'm the one who makes you know um i'm the one who slices the meat and you know labels it or packages it or whatever um Throughout early this morning, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're usually making, you know, uh, usually something more is happening. And, you know, it's important to notice, you know, it's important to, you know, pay attention to if there's a disconnect. If you find that there's a major disconnect between what you're learning and what you need to actually be doing and practicing then you need to kind of change that and you know um, I would say the best way to test if your skills are worth it is make projects for yourself and see if you can get some sales on something and you know this goes for people of any stage you know whether you're whether you're already working whether you're brand new to work and you're, you're applying for some of your first jobs whether you're in high school and you know you just graduated, or you're just about to graduate this coming summer, um, you know, think of it that way. You know, because we're going towards a very heavily, you know, online skill base lately. Um, that's I think that's half of the issue with people, you know, not wanting to choose, um, in person jobs too, is because. You know, you're you, you're using so much money with the gas and everything, and a lot of these jobs don't pay enough to just have one job. You have to have so many jobs just to be able to, like, pay for your expensive rent or your expensive car or all your other expensive groceries, um, and it's just not going to cut it. So if you, if you can learn other skills where you can do them from home, I mean, you're going to, you're going to be able to win that way, um and there might not be people who you see that look like you but they're definitely behind most of these companies and they're running these companies they're running the platforms Um, but I would just recommend that you know building skills nowadays that you can use online that's the best